శ్రీ సాయి సాత్ చరిత్ర చాప్టర్ ట్వంటీ ఇసాఫ్సియా ఉపనిషత్ శ్రీ గణేషాయ నమ శ్రీ సరస్వతియ నమ శ్రీ వెంకటేషాయ నమ శ్రీ సాయినాథాయ నమ శ్రీ సద్గుర్భ్యో నమ ఇన్ దిస్ చాప్టర్ హేమన్ పన్ టెల్స్ అబౌట్ హౌ దాస్కునూస్ ప్రాబ్లమ్ సాల్వ్ అన్ అదర్ మ్యాటర్స్ సద్గురు సాయి పాపా సాయి ఇస్ నిర్గుణ నిరాకర ఆర్ ఫార్మ్లెస్ బ్రహ్మన్ హీ టుక్ అ ఫార్మ్ ఓన్లీ ఫర్ ద సేక్ ఆఫ్ హిస్ దోటీస్ with the help of maya he also became an actor on the theater of this universe the very sight of him fills us with immense pleasure let us go to shirdi 100 years ago and see what he was do- what he is doing the noon aarti is just now over baba has come out of the masjid he is standing near its edge slightly bending over all the devotees who had come to the masjid for the aarti are overjoyed one by one they are coming to baba clasping his feet with both their hands and touching his feet with their forehead with deep respect and reverence the enormous love and affection he has for the devotees is clearly visible in his eyes he is slowly caressing the head of each of the devotee and giving them the udi prasadam to some he is telling bahu have your lunch to some he is telling anna go to your lodging and take rest to some others he is jocularly telling hey papu enjoy dishes thus he is treating everyone with affection as if as if they are his own near and dear internally for him all are same he is not attached to any one of them though he is in the samsara attachments do not come anywhere near him just as a seasoned stage artist performs his role knowing fully well that he is different from the role he is portraying but will st- we still have attachments the very sight of baba standing there slightly bent giving udi prasadam to us softly caressing our head fills our hearts with unknown bliss we feel that baba is ours let us prostrate at the divine feet of a baba let us recollect meditate and assimilate his stories isavasya upanishad once daskunu maharaj undertook the difficult task of translating isavasya upanishad into marathi entitled isavasya bhavarata bodhini and bringing out its exact meaning let us have a brief idea of this most beautiful upanishad before proceeding further the god intent on the regeneration of the world communicated vedas through hiranyagarbha brahma and hiranyagarbha in turn passed them on to us 10 manasa putras including atri and marichi from them the vedas spread among humanity handed down from one generation to another as time passed ages accumulated and continents moved some vedas got lost or were neglected as too difficult for comprehension and only four have survived in modern times these four were taught by vedavyasya the greatest among the exponents of the vedas to his disciples in the dwapara vyapra yuga when vyasa was this thus expounding the vedas engaged in spreading the sacred scripture one of his disciples yajna valkya by name incurred his wrath and as a punishment he had to regurgitate the yajurveda that he had already learned into the custody of his guru and leave the place just then the rishis who revered the vedas flew into the place in the shape of three birds and ate up the rigor created yajurveda that particular section of the veda is called taitri triyam 
Yajna Valkya then took refuge in Surya Deva the treasure house of the Vedas Surya Deva was pleased with the devotion and steadfastness of the unfortunate Yajna Valkya he assumed the form of a yaji or a horse and blessed with sage blessed the sage with renewed knowledge of the yajurveda the sections thus taught by the vaji sorry uh, the section thus taught by the vaji came to be called vajasenahi the yajurveda has promoted by vedavyasya is called krishnaya yajurveda and then handed down by yajnavalkya as the sukalya yajurveda In these the first few chapters are mantras connected with the karma kanta and the last few sections deal with jnana kanta the isavasya upanishad is concerned with this jnana kanta the upanishad through apparently simple and intelligible is in reality one of the most difficult to understand properly the aspirant should sit at the feet of an experienced teacher a brahmastrotri a brahmanishta and study this upanishad with single pointed and pure mind then everything will become quite clear one of the 18 mantras in the upanishad only the first two deal directly with the problem of liberation and its solution the other 16 elaborate the solution and service commentaries thereon in the first mantra of the isvasya the jnana nishta characterized by the absence of craving of any sort is expounded this is the primary vidartha but those who have cravings will find it difficult to get stabilized in that nishta or state of mind for such for such the second mantra prescribes secondary means the karma nishta the rest of the mantras elaborate and support these two nishtas based on jnana and karma karma nishta has desire and delusion is a cardinal urges jnana nishta has vairagya renunciation and the conviction that the world is not atma that is to say not true and therefore it is profitless to have any dealings with it renunciation here does not mean negation of life it is not some morose and lifeless experience we should not renounce life because of despair or depression arising out of our fears frustration or personal failures true renunciation arises out of intense longing for the divine out of a state of mind in which attachment with the divine alone makes sense and out of a sense of freedom and fearlessness that stem from unflinching faith in god and his supreme will we should not renounce life because we don't like it we renounce life because we love god intensely and live our life with a sense of gratitude self surrender the life of renunciation is a carefree life utterly devoid of all pretension and seeking and free from the cares and the struggle that accompany all manners of seeking man has a right to enjoy his life there is a divine sanction for it life has to be enjoyed but without seeking without coveting and without struggling to get things done or get things for oneself it is the renunciation of seeking and of desiring things which is a central feature of a life of true renunciation those who renounce life truly in fact enjoy life better than those who do, do not because the true sanyasis are not troubled by the fear of loss or the possibility of gain they accept their lot what comes to them without struggle and seeking and remain indifferent to what does not come to them or what is departed from them such an attitude to vairagya is a gateway to jnana nishta from the third to the eighth mantra the real nature of the atma is depicted through the condemnation of the avidya which pre- prevents the understanding of the atma thus the isavasya teaches the lesson of renunciation through the first mantra and the lesson of liberating activity through karma devoid of raga and devesha in the second mantra in the fourth and fifth mantra it speaks of 
atmatva and later of the fruits of the knowledge of that atmatva in the ninth mantra the path of progress of liberation of karma mukhi mukti useful for those who are too weak to follow the path of total renunciation but are who are adepts in acts that are conducive to moral development in an inner purification is laid down this is the path which coordinates all karma on the principle of upasana those who are engaged in acts contrary to vidya or full of adnyana it says those who confine themselves to the study and practice of divine forms are even worse for the desire is for powers and skills vidya leads to devaloka karma leads to pitruloka it is said so the jnana that results in atma shakshak kara or self realization is something quite distinct from these no attempt to coordinate the two can succeed the isvasya upanishad is also called as mantropanishad it constitutes the last or the 40th chapter of the vajanas and vajasanehi samhita being embodied in the vedic samhita it is regarded as superior to all other upanishads in fact the other upanishads are considered to be commentaries on the truths ben- mentioned briefly in the isavasya upanishad prof r d raneed 1886-1957 ad one of the greatest philosophers india has produced says the isupanishad is quite a small upanishad and it contains many hints which show extraordinarily piercing insight within the short compass of 18 verses it gives a valuable mystic description of the atma a description of the ideal sage who stands unrefilled in the midst of temptations and sorrows an adumbration of the doctrine of the karma yoga as later formulated in family and finally a reconciliation of the claims of knowledge and works the most the most valuable idea that lies all the root of the upanishads is that of a logical synthesis synthesis between the two opposites of knowledge and works which are both required according to the upanishad to be annulled in a higher synthesis page 24 constructive survey of the upanishadic philosophy in other place he says that the poetry of ishopanishad is a co-mixture of moral mystical and metaphysical knowledge page 541 ibid daskuna magraj who used the ob meter verse by verse for his book in marathi as he did not comprehend the essence of the upanishad he was not happy with his performance so he consulted some learned men to clarify some of his doubts discussed with them for a great length of time but the doubts remained as doubts thus konos becoming restless sadguru alone is competent as seen already the ishvashya upanishad teaches us the signs of self realization it gives us a weapon which can cut the bondage of life and death and set us totally free when nobody could resolve his doubts daskuna thought he he should ask someone who has himself achieved self realization he thought that sadguru alone is competent to resolve his doubts when a suitable opportunity presented itself daskuna prostrated at the feet of baba and asked for guidance baba blessed him and told him don't worry the maid servant of kaka kaka sahib dikshit will clear all your doubts at vilip parle those who had assembled there thought, thought that baba was joking us as how could an illiterate my maid servant clear the doubts about isavasya upanishad which she may not even know exist daskunu however knew better and was certain that whatever baba spoke came true baba's words were like the orders of the brahma kaka's maid servant 
obeying baba's instruction daskunu left for willi perli and stayed with kaka sahib dikshit next day when he was doing his daily morning worship he heard a beautiful and melodious song the song was in praise of crimson colored sari about its pallu border and the embroidery in it the song was so appealing that sat Daskuno came out to see the person who was singing the song. The singer was a young girl of about 8 years of age. She was sister of Namya, Kaka's male servant. She was cleaning the vessels and was dressed in torn clothes. Daskuno immediately took a liking to the girl and felt pity for her. He also observed that she was impoverished. She was in a very jovial mood. Next day when Rao Bahadur MW Pradhan presented him with a dhoti, Daskunu requested him to give a sari to the young girl. Ragbahudur bought a good chirdi, chirdi, a small sari and presented it to the girl. Seeing the chirdi, the girl's face beamed with happiness and uncontrolled joy. Next day, she wore the new sari, whirled, danced and played fugadi, a traditional dance played by the women during Vinayak Chaturthi in Maharashtra with her friends and was very happy. The following day she kept the sari in a box at home came in the same old torn clothes and was singing and play playing as on the previous day when she was in the new sari seeing her so jovial daskunu had admiration instead of pity for the girl he thought that she had kept in the new sari in her trunk to be worn on some festival day and as she was poor she had to be in torn clothes then something flashed his mind Daskunu had observed that the girl was happy in the torn clothes. She was happy when in a new sari and she continued to be happy when she had to revert to the old torn clothes. Her dress did not affect her state of mind at any time. Her happiness of mind was not affected by the changes that were taking place to the dress on her body. She believed that whatever happened to her was a blessing of God. accepted the changes and was happy she had not of her own accord asked for any of these changes this was exactly was the first sloka of isavasya upanishad propounded all this whatsoever moves in this universe and those that move not is covered indwelt or pervaded or enveloped or clothed by the lord they renounced enjoy do, do not cover the wealth of any man daskuno was very happy his doubts were clarified Sadguru had guided him through an illiterate servant maid. Once again we see the unique methods of Baba's teaching. Though he himself did not go anywhere out of Shirdi, he used to send his devotees to places like Machhandrika, Ghat, Kolhapur or Sholapur. It is never possible to say which method he would adopt in case of any particular devotee. To Daskunu, he asked him to go to Vilipalli where he would be enlightened by an illiterate servant maid. Some say that he did not, he need not have sent him there, but could have explained himself in Shirdi. What they do not realize is that if Baba had explained, Daskunu would have listened to his words. It would not have made any impact on his mind. By the method Baba adopted, nobody told Daskunu anything. Daskunu himself realized the meaning of Ishavashya Upanishad. Making the devotees realize by themselves the answers to the question was the methodology followed by Baba. Before this chapter comes to a close, let us see another beautiful extract about the Ishavashya Upanishad. 
the ethics of upanishad on pages 169 170 of the creative period by valkar and renade say one of the main features of the isha upanishad is the ethical advice it offers and it is interesting to note that the ethics of the upanishad are definitely based upon the metaphysical position advanced in it the very opening words of the upanishad tells us that god pervades everything as a corollary from the metaphysical position the ethical advice it offers is that a man ought to enjoy whatever god bestows on him in the firm belief that as he pervades everything whatever is bestowed on him by god is good it follows naturally that the upanishad should forbid us from coveting other man's property in fact we are fittingly taught here a lesson of contentment with one's own lot in the belief that whatever happens it is divinely ordained and it is ends good for us another moral advice is that man must spend his lifetime always in doing action specifically the karmas enjoyed in the shastras in a mood of believing resignation to his will inactivity according to his upanishad would be the canker of the soul it is only when a man spends his lifetime in doing actions in this manner that he can hope to attain the ideal of naishkarmya Finally the text goes on to say that a man who sees all beings in the self and sees the self as existing in all beings in fact for whom all beings and everything that exists have become the self how can such a man suffer infatuation what ground would such a man have for grief loathfulness infatuation and grief verily proceed from our not being able to see the atman in all things but a man who realizes the oneness of all things for whom everything has become the self must ipso facto cease to be affected by the common foibles of humanity with this the 20th chapter called as isavasya upanishad is complete in the next chapter himanpan tells us about vh takur anandrao patankar apandarpur pleader and other matters श्री सद्गुरु सायनाद परमस्तु सुबंभवतु ओम शांति शांति शांति